what I'm doing is uh, at the end of a conference, we oftentimes do what's called a manifesto. Manifesto is a declaration of intention. Why did we do, why, why do, we do this? Why did we have uh, Pastor Lust come and address us in these things? Um, and, and so and a manifesto ought to be also this idea of, you can think of it as an extended benediction, taking all of these talks, these ideas, these, these things that you have been called to ruminate on and think about, and now press them out into your life, into your family, into, and, and, and one of our intentions were that we would be thinking about this not only individually as, uh, in, in our families, but as a church in the here and now, uh, in, in this area at this time. So uh, two quick verses. Habakkuk 2.4 says, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. And then Paul, picking up on that, the very center, the very centerpiece of Habakkuk's uh, letter, uh, cry out to God's uh, back and forth conversation and arguing with God, actually. Paul picks up in the beginning of Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So this, Christ, this uh, conference has been for Christians, addressing how we as Christians are to live in this present darkness. However, if you're not a Christian, I pray that God has used this time to open your eyes and turn your heart to him. Oftentimes, churchgoers aren't actually Christians, aren't actually following the Lord, trusting in him, haven't actually done the business of believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, receiving forgiveness, being made new. You're invited to respond as all Christians have responded, I think, to these sermons, to these talks about this, of, of the Psalms, of, of the anxiety and the fear uh, of, the, of the situation that we live in, of whether or not we are to hope for tomorrow, hope for our generation or the next generations. You're invited to join with Christians to respond to his work with faith, and he will give you that faith. He will give you that faith because you will not find it in yourself. It will be his gift. That faith will be the response to the faithfulness of God. He promised for centuries to send his son, who is God the Son, to take on flesh and die for your sins on the cross, singing Psalm 88. He paid the price you could not pay, for you had no sinless offering to bring before a righteous God. And that is often why you feel such despair and hopelessness. But just as he promised, Jesus died for you, and you've been raised with Jesus to new life, sins forgiven, shame and guilt removed, as far as the east is from the west, to stand before God, the holy and righteous one, and live in that faith, and do so right now. Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. That would include yours. That is for you. Believe it and receive him as Savior and Lord. Now, maybe there's an unbeliever here who heard that message, and maybe not. God knows. But what I do know is that that gospel message is not only for individuals. It is for the world. It is for the greater Seattle area. 
it is for now, here and now. We as a society are in a terrible place. We have sinned grievously in many ways. Pastor Lust addressed this in many, many different ways, declaring good to be evil, evil to be good, making ourselves to be our own gods, our own judges, and having our own justice system, twisting all sense of even general revelation of God to our own ends. And, like our nature, those ends drip with proud vanity. They are selfish, self-serving, deceitful, wicked ends. The church finds itself in a place a bit like Habakkuk, just as he saw the infidelity and idolatry of his nation, so we see the infidelity and idolatry of our people, even so many who call themselves Christians. And we cry out, like Habakkuk, for God to do something about it. Well, what we see happening is God's doing something about it. And it includes judging the church with faithless leaders. Thank you for bringing that up. With faithless leaders, along with a culture that has abandoned God's law, hates God, and note is devouring one another. The unbelieving world is attacking every virtue and every vestige of the image of God because it hates God. As it does so, it cannot help but eventually turn in on itself and devour itself. This culture is on a suicide mission, whether it acknowledges it or not, and this is the judgment of God. But God has not done with his salvation work, not for his people, not for this world. In many ways, what we are doing, what we are to do is see that he is setting his people up for the next round of reformation and revival. It may very well come through new trials and tribulations, such as the way of the historic church. But we are poised to see the hand of God bring forth another resurrection out of this coming death. Habakkuk said, behold the proud, referring to the proud Chaldeans of his day, an empire that ruled the world and that was puffed up in its victory. We have a status government structure that grows in its impudence and pride, puffing itself up, defining good and evil, defining man in its own image, and mocking Christians as irrelevant and haters of freedom and liberty to do as we please. There isn't a single problem in our world that our proud status government does not think that they can take care of. Just give us some more money. They believe they're God. And that government is, in fact, a proper representation of the general unbelieving culture all around us. In the midst of that, the Lord says in Habakkuk report, records, the just shall live by his faith. We will not survive by our works, by trying harder, we cannot win by some kind of revolution or violent overthrow. We will not win by electing a few righteous men to high positions of office. Oh, that God would give us some, but we will not win that way. The cancer has spread too far. We will survive. We will win by faith. We will build a culture that loves God because we are responding to the faithfulness of our God who said that he has given all nations to his son to rule in righteousness and peace. Paul will quote that verse from Habakkuk as he makes clear that he is not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation for all, for the Jew and for the Greek, really meaning 
for everyone, for all people groups, for the world. He is not ashamed of it because in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, he says, now quoting Habakkuk, the just shall live by faith. This is our central play as the church of Jesus Christ. We are not to be ashamed of the gospel. You are not to be ashamed of the gospel. Not in our worship, not in our homes, not in our relations as husband and wife, not in the way we submit to the scriptures without reservation. We have the answer to the central problem of this world, but we will not be welcomed in, we will not be welcomed in by our culture with a grand parade, with accolades and awards as if we were bringing a cure for cancer or COVID or free renewable energy. Yet we have the cure for sin and eternal damnation. We have the cure for what destroys societies and nations, for what destroys families and children. We have the cure for what rapes women and exploits the poor, for what kills children in the womb and what redefines quality of life at the expense of the elderly and sick. We have the cure. We have the gospel. We have the truth of Jesus Christ, the only way, but the way to the Father, to heaven, to forgiveness, to reconciliation with God and with one another. Do not be ashamed of it. Our worship every Lord's Day is to renew that covenant promise and truth. Jesus has been raised and the church has been raised with him. Jesus reigns and his church with him. Jesus offers abundant life and his bride with him. Do not be ashamed of offering abundant life. As we gather to worship him, as we obediently build families, as we work with our hands upon this earth in faith as his servants first, as we create real community with Christ at the center, as we imitate Jesus in our love for one another, the opportunities, I guarantee you, the opportunities will come fast and furious for us to give an account for the hope that is in us because they know they have no hope. They promise utopia, but their hearts are full of darkness and despair. They preach freedom to every form of sin, but their hearts are full of guilt and shame. They are lonely. They feel meaningless. They live in meaninglessness. Christians, we have the cure. We have the answer. We have the gospel. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus said. Therefore, go. Disciple the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them, that is those nations, to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Do not be ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, even for Seattle, even now. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.